Market on 1350 ESPN. We are live here on Wicket's World, and you can only see JD on the screen right now because for whatever reason, uh, my video camera won't load. And what a great time to have technical problems than on the very first attempt that you and I are doing at adding uh, at doing this this particular style of broadcast, JD. So how are you, my friend? I'm doing fine. If you would like, you could talk and I could mouth the words for you. No, no, I, I don't think that's my my best plan. That's not your intention. That'd be pretty bad. No, yeah. no, that's not my uh, my my number one goal here. My my goal is to join you and actually be part of the broadcast. There he is. I see you. So you can see me. I see you. But the world cannot see me because of this program that I have used. Ah, oh, my gosh, the wonders of technology. And I hate when broadcasters have technical problems and are like, oh, the problems, wonders of technology. What do you know? That's just where we're at right now. And uh, I'm doing what I can on the fly to try to uh, fix this quick little ditty of a problem that we've got going on here, JD. And I had everything special and and pretty and ready to go. And now, if you're watching us, this is a jank. I got to tell you, I am upset with the janky version that I, I mean, I had this looking ready. We were going to, it was going to be real pretty, JD. You and I were going to have snazzy graphics and stuff was going to be flying all over the screen. But I'm not going to lie. Literally, if you were listening like 30 seconds before we went on the air, you may have heard something go out over the air that wasn't supposed to go out over the air, and I apologize. You know, that's social media. It's okay. It's not like the regular FCC thing when we're live on the radio itself. So I don't need a dump button here. My internet went out one minute before the broadcast. (laughs) One minute. Like, I have been – because we knew – see, if you're listening to 1350, Drake Basketball Women's Hoops is on the air right now, and – you know, we take a back seat to that. And so all week I have been trying to learn this new program all <laughs> week. JD, I have been trying to get things going in the right direction, get things ready. And, and about one o'clock this afternoon, I was like, I'm ready. I am set. I have this program down. It's called OBS. It's, it's fancy. It makes us look super professional. And then, Three fifty-seven. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm like, why? Why did I just lose JD? I had him on Zoom. Why did I just lose my connection to the Facebook page to stream this out on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page? Why did I lose everything? You know why I lost everything? Because the internet went out <laughs> all over the whole house. <laughs> you want to see Mike lose his mind? You should. This see- is probably the most you're ever going to see. And it's very impressive. My, I might add. Um, I would have lost my mind, too. I was losing my mind because I was talking to you. We're in the middle of a conversation. And I was going to tell you the big news. If Remember when we talked about the goal of Facebook friends and how many people we wanted to try and get by, what was it, Memorial Day? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You wanted to get 1,000, right? I, I have a bet with the boss that I can get to 1,000 likes on the Facebook page. You're going to win this. And you want to know why? Why is that? We have 996 Facebook We're likes on our Facebook there. page right now. Woo-hoo. 
pour more and Mike gets his beer. <sighs> I, I don't know. Am I allowed to drink a beer right now? I like, don't see why not. You know, is that allowed? Say it's a sponsor or something. You know. Well, if Miller's watching, they might, you get, know what? You they know might the get a logo in here. <laughs> you know the boss much better than I do. You might want to ask them and see what she thinks. And, see, and look, we'll fancy graphics there. just popped up that they were supposed to be for a different setup. Oh, I just want to <laughs> strangle someone. <laughs> Very first Facebook broadcast, and we're what we have found out is there could be a few more of these in our future. Yes, because uh, we are an affiliate here on 1350. We are Des Moines Chicago Cubs affiliate and you and I are going to lose out like Wicket's World will not be on a bunch in the summer because the Cubs schedule. Shockingly, every Friday home game is a 120 start for the Chicago Cubs, which means our show is going to get blown out. So we either have to do shows like this. Yeah. And go opposite the Cubs and do a stream thing, or maybe we just push the show back to five o'clock in the summer. But that is a long way down the down the uh, down the path. How are yeah. you, by the way, JD? I, I'm doing real well. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to I'm going to get you on task because you know what's great about today, though. Okay, what's that? Throwing all of the technical crap out right. Now. Yeah. All right. Throw it out the window. Okay. So I'm trying to breathe, trying breathe. to get that, just get that, get that out of there. We have no commercials to worry about right no. now. No, okay. not yet. We can talk <laughs> about everything on our agenda for once. Everything that is true. We want to talk about. We also okay. don't have a time frame. Like we can go as long as we want to. I mean, right. My wife came home early. And is watching the babies, so I can't. Just so you know, she's watching you too because she just popped up on the live feed. Oh, what did she say? Anything good? She says what you're saying is going over the air. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm aware. Yeah, I'm aware now. Remember, your mic is always hot. That's broadcast rule number one. Your microphone. Is always hot. I don't think I said anything terribly disparaging. No. Um, I just, think you said exactly what probably everyone watching right now would say. Let's well, just put it that way. I hope I didn't swear. Yeah, we'll find out. I don't know. There's a lot of people who'd swear. Yeah. Uh, but well, you're right. We, we can get to a ton. And if you're listening to us or you're watching us, I guess, on the Facebook page, thank you for it. We appreciate it. Make sure you like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN DSM. Um, it, it, this is this is really neat. Um, again, this was supposed to be a little fancier, but we had some technical problems right at the very beginning. So this is the best we can do as of right now. Uh, that being said, you know, the stuff we really want to get to, uh, we definitely need to get to. Yeah. What's great about this is we're going to start off with Iowa. Uh, and I think Iowa men's basketball shut my friend Mike Wicket up. You know what? performance last night. I think you're right about that. Yeah, I think you're I, 100% right about that. And yeah. and I think, well, okay, let's going into the last week for the Iowa Hawkeye basketball team, they had lost four out of five and, and really didn't have a big win on their resume. Like every, I mean, they're a good team. Like you don't look at Iowa and say it's a bad basketball team, but you look huh. at Iowa and you say, you have to wonder. You had to wonder going into Rutgers, Sparty, and then and then Wisconsin last night. The way I looked at Iowa was, are they a team that is in the lower echelon of the you know the lower part of the top tier of the Big Ten? Are they the best of that second tier? Are they middle of that second tier? Because JD, they didn't beat anybody, and 
Then they, you know, they lost four out of five and they were losing close games and they were all kind of the same way. They had a lead, a lead evaporated. You know, the other team was able to get a run on them late and Iowa lost. That was kind of the formula. It was quite formulaic for the Hawkeyes. Then they go and beat Rutgers at home. Okay. I mean, Rutgers is Rutgers. Normally not really much of a player in the Big Ten, but they were 25th in the nation. You know, Rutgers is what they are. And, and that's a good win. You know, you take a Big Ten win when you can get it. This conference is ridiculous. Right. And then they go to Michigan State, and Sparty stinks. Like, normally, if, you, if, you, if I said to you that Iowa or anybody, pick a team, pick any team in the country, is going to go to the Breslin Center in East Lansing and, and beat Michigan State, normally you're like, Psh, that's a good win. That's a really good win. It is. Yeah, no, I, I know where you're going with this. I Sparty get it. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michigan they're not State what they were. Yeah, they're not what they sucks. were. Sucks. <laughs> um, and and I, it, it's so it, it it's so weird to see a Michigan State team struggle the way that they do. They have no good point guard play. They don't have any. They want all they do want to do is shoot from three, which is the style of every level of basketball these days. But Michigan State's no good. Like they're not going to the NCAA tournament. So a win that Iowa fan would normally be able to say, "Hey, we went to Michigan State." And Luca Garza has struggled against Michigan State a lot in his career. He admitted it after, before going into that one how big of a game this was for him. And they, they go and they pump. I think they won by 30. And offensively, man, when Iowa is on, when they got the big man down low and they've got Wieskamp and Bohannon and company stretching you outside and they're hitting their shots and Wieskamp is a Big Ten player of the week. I mean, that team can score points. It's the defensive end. And they played against a Michigan State team that can't score. So right. it's it's not like it's a Wisconsin team from the past that would slow you down and wants to beat you 54-52. Michigan State can't score. No, so they can't do that, yeah. That's not an impressive win to me as it normally would be. And I know Iowa fans saying, well, you're just being negative. A win's a win. Come on, Mike. A win's a win. Especially right. in the Big Ten. Big Ten's so good. It the is. Big Ten is so good. So then you go on the road and you got to play the Badgers. You're going to the Cole Center. Now the Cole Center, the Cole Center is not the Cole Center without all the fans. All right, no, no, it doesn't. But it doesn't matter. There's still a presence. None of these Big Ten buildings are the same. You know, the Izone isn't the same without the fans. And going to, I mean, going to Carver Hawkeye is not the same without fans. Going to Illinois, right, whatever. But I don't think there's a better home home court advantage in the Big Ten than. Wisconsin. And you're 100% right. Without the Grateful Red, without those fans right on top of you, um, it's it's a lot different. Like, I've been in that place when it's dead silent because they lost or a big shot was hit. I've been at the, the Cole Center when the fans are going absolutely ape you-know-what. Yeah. And those th- that's a really, really tough place to play in normal circumstances. But no excuse. On the road at Wisconsin, that was, in my mind, that game said a little bit more about Iowa than Wisconsin. Yes. But it also said a lot about Wisconsin, who just came off a loss, kind of a measuring stick. They had a big lead. They had a double-digit lead against Michigan at home four days prior or whatever. And then to let that game slip away, and that just tells you how good Michigan is. First game back after like a three-week layoff because of COVID. We'll talk about them in a second. But Iowa went on the road and beat a good I would think angry Badger team, a Badger team that wanted to show that maybe they can hang with Michigan, but let's beat the next big boy. And when they made their run 
when Wisconsin made their run there in the second half, I thought, all right, here we go. All right, Wisconsin's going to – nope. And then Iowa stretched it out and hit bucket after bucket after bucket. And that's the Iowa offense that could carry this team to a Sweet 16. I was very impressed with how Luke uh, Garza and the co- and company answered back because I was thinking the same thing yeah. in the second half. Um, defensively, they locked them down, which never which happens. Awesome. Yeah, does not happen. No, but I mean, here's here's a little impressive. This is a little impressive to me. All right, beyond the arc, three points, close to sixty five percent shooting. They were twelve of nineteen. The Hawks were. Um, you also know that you got to get your points at the line when they're given to you. Okay. Almost 70% from the free throw line last night. Huge. Okay. Huge. So like we had said, huge. We were hitting their shots. Um, I mean, I guess if I was to look for a negative, I don't know what the average turnover rate is for the Hawks. I mean, we kind of talked about this prior to it, but I mean, say they had 11 turnovers last night, but seriously, um, I, I really had a tough time trying to pick any negative. I mean, I mean you, they just they played very solid. They answered the call when they had to. So go Hawks, man. They, I mean, if this is the team that shows up, Mike, in the tournament, they could go a long but way. Now, now, hang hang on. Again, this isn't one of the big boys they did this to. I know they were a dog. They were a two-point underdog. You and I, you, you, I discovered that yep. yesterday. I thought Wisconsin yep. was going to be the underdog in this. They were the favorite. Iowa has now beaten number 25 in Rutgers. Yep. unranked Michigan State, and then they beat number 21 Wisconsin on the road. Best, Maybe their best win of the year is the Wisconsin win. I think so. I'd have I to would, look. I could, I could scan through and whatever because they haven't met every other challenge. They finally met a challenge. Do you know what they have coming up in the span of seven days? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've got Penn State Sunday, which is, yeah. you know, they should roll Penn State, but Penn State for years has played spoiler to a lot of good Big Ten teams late in the year. Is that- um, after that, it's number four Ohio State in Columbus, and it's number three Michigan in Ann Arbor in the same week. If Iowa can get either of those games – I will believe this is a team that not only can get to a Sweet 16, should get to a Sweet 16. Lose both, maybe they're that fourth best team in the Big Ten behind Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, and Iowa. Split with the Buckeyes and Wolverines, then you might be talking about a team that that I I will have to put some respect on their name, like you called me out right out of the gate. I did. I did. (laughs) And I'm still calling you out. That's probably the most complete game. I have seen the Hawks play all season. Well, you had well, the thing was you had guys. I mean, they shot sixty percent from three, and Garza hit from all over. No. Uh, I think it was Wieskamp said after the game, "What was Garza's men- mentality going in?" And he said, "Kill everybody," because he sucked <laughs> against Michigan State. He scored I, I eight swear points. he's got like he's got like Superman vibes in those eyebrows of his. That's why they're he so ha- thick. Though, he has you don't touch Samson's hair. You know that is the eyebrows of a Bond villain. Like that that. <laughs> That dude is a monster. Uh, and, and putting 30 on national TV, too. That's awesome. I mean, he, he hit, what, four or five threes in that game last night? Yeah, and he was the one who answered. He was the one who answered Wisconsin on every – I believe it was all of him, right? It, he had all of them. I'm, I'm trying to go back on my memory here. Mm-hmm. He was the one who hit all those shots to kind of end Wisconsin's attempt to make a run. Well. Uh, and, and that to me was that was big time. And I remember going back to the first time you and I were on the air, you said, 
Why aren't they getting the ball to Garza, their best player? Right. It's well, last cr- night in crunch did. time, when when you need a bucket, when Wisconsin makes a run, when Ohio State's hitting everything, when Illinois and the loss they had uh, a couple of weeks ago on a Friday night, Garza didn't get the ball in the final five minutes in some of these games, and it's like, what are you have the player of the year, hands down? He stamped it last night. Like, there's <laughs> nobody that's going to win this award besides Luca Garza, yeah. and 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 he goes five minutes without scoring in some of these games, five minutes without a shot attempt from inside 10 feet. A lot of times it's pass the ball around the key, Garza desperation three as the, as the shot clock's expiring. And you're like, okay, this, that's not his game. That's not, I mean, he can shoot three as mentioned, hit a bunch last night, but when you need a bucket, that's the guy to go to. Yes, it is. And, and, and these next Three and somebody Nick on the Facebook page and keep the comments coming in. We can't take calls while we do this kind of a show, so we love your comments. But Nick writes on the Facebook page and the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. They better not overlook Penn State as they prep for OSU and Michigan. You're spot on. Oh, definitely. You yeah. are spot on, Nick, because Penn State, like I said, Penn State can give teams scares, and they have forever. Uh, they gave Ohio State a scare recently. Penn State can give teams scares all the time. And if Iowa is looking ahead to the rest of their week because everybody else is, like you, if you're not if you're an Iowa fan, you're like, eh, Penn State, let's go against Michigan and Ohio State. That's the measuring stick game. Do they belong? Can Fran McCaffrey get that team to win either of those two road games? Because both of those road games are ridiculously who has a, a tougher three game stretch in college basketball to end the regular season before the conference tournament than Iowa. Nobody. Nobody has harder than Ohio State-Michigan the rest of the way out. Well, I will tell you this. After what I saw last night, I think they're primed. They punched the primer, uh, that primer button. And uh, I I think Vitell is all Luca Garza right now. He was all about it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Hey, um, I do want to do a quick shout-out before we switch over. Uh, to Drake here in a second. Uh, my dad's watching, and it is his birthday today. So happy birthday to my dad. I will call you later, Dad. You'll get to see all the babies, <laughs> all three of them. By the way, what did you get him for his gift? He says thanks for the cool gift, or is that just a joke to remind you that it's his birthday today? I don't know. I know what we got him. I don't want to say it okay. in, in case he's watching and hasn't gotten it. Maybe he thinks this is his gift. Maybe, maybe watching his son, his 39-year-old son, get back on the radio talking basketball is the gift my dad always wanted for his 74th birthday. What do you think? Now, I, I agree. I think that's a great <laughs> gift for dad. Absolutely. And then maybe a bowl of ice cream with chocolate. He likes chocolate. He does like chocolate? That's good. He's, he'd be a boring ice cream guy. Like He's the kind of guy that's like, what do you want? Scoop of chocolate, please. And that's it. That's all he'll order. That's yeah. it. Uh, so happy um, birthday! I was, just, to, I was uh, kind of reading some Terry. of these comments as well that you were uh, Kyle uh, Reimers. He listens to uh, to us over in the Quad Cities. Hey, what's up? Yeah, uh, Kyle said that uh, we're right, exactly right. You got to take it one game at a time. You can't look ahead. Ask uh, Adam after they lost to Northwestern State. Adam Halaska. Yeah. Listen, um, let me let me tell you a little story about that real quick. I don't think I've ever told this story no. uh, on the radio before. So the that year had to be about 2008 something along those lines iowa was number was a two seed in the ncaa tournament 
And I was working for a radio. No, this had to be pre-2007 because I was working at a radio station in Michigan. And I, um, my buddy Ben Holden and I, and Ben does a lot of play-by-play for, you know, ESPN and, and whatnot. He just huge hockey guy, does basketball, does football. And Ben and I were going to go down to the Palace of Auburn Hills, which I don't think is standing anymore where the Pistons used to play. Cool place to watch a game. And we were going to the NCAA tournament, and it was it was great. And uh, that was the year when Kevin Pitsnoggle played for West Virginia. That was about 15 years ago. There's a name from the past. Yeah. And, and so we go down there, and I've got Iowa in the Final Four. All right? And they're playing Northwestern State. I'm like, ah, who cares? I was sitting baseline on the shot that Northwestern State hit to beat Iowa the 15-2 upset. At the buzzer, I was watching the ball go in. And this is back to when I smoked cigarettes. I don't anymore. But <laughs> we went out, and he just he, he looked at me. He's like, you going to be okay? Because it was the first game of the day. It was the only game being played at that time, or the first game to tip off. It was the first game to go final. I was smoking a cigarette. We're in the smoking area outside at the Palace. And I, uh, I, I, I grabbed my bracket out of my pocket. I lit a cigarette. And then I lit my bracket on fire. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm done. I just lost Iowa, a Final Four team, a two seed, gone. I'm like, son of a bee. Done. Totally done. Yeah. Which brings us to this. Yeah. Uh, the new bracketology is out from ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you see? That? They've got Iowa. Uh, ESPN's Joe Lenardi has Iowa as a two seed. That that's how impressive that win was last night for uh, for Joe Lenardi to put well, Iowa as a two. If you you're a, if you're an Iowa player, they've been getting face it. The fans, the the radio pundits like Mike Wicket, I have been slapping I, them around a little bit. I want, you know? I've just been wanting them to prove it. <laughs> but still, that's slapping them around a little bit. You know, and you've got the man, Luca Garza. He probably said, give me the rock. Yeah. And and uh, th- that's what they did last night. And I think if they get – you said it before, if they get the ball into the man's hands, mm-hmm. that's you don't want anybody else to have it at that time. And, I, and- I really believe that they could probably be as high as a two seed, but they, they, like, you, like you said a little bit ago, they've got to get those two wins in a row. I think get those wins that they were looking at uh penn state you got to take the you take gotta, gotta win that you gotta if, take care of business if you yeah. take care of penn state and you sp- somehow split go to columbus and beat ohio state lose in ann arbor to michigan whatever either one's respectable somehow split and win a game or two in the big 10 tournament that's a two-seed resume yeah true. That, that's a two-seed resume you know if they can get to the big 10 final i mean i think michigan for the i don't know i mean right now michigan and ohio state play sunday I don't think either one of them falls off the one line or too far off the one line should they lose, especially if, if it's Michigan. Right. Um, but, I mean, I think you might get – you might get. can you get two Big Ten teams as one seeds in the NCAA tournament? I mean, you can get a couple – you might get a one, a two, and a three out of Wisconsin – I'm sorry, to Michigan, Ohio State, and Iowa, all legit at least three, maybe two, maybe one seeds, depending on how everybody does when they play in the Big Ten tournament. Right. So um, I, I, we definitely have two one seed possibilities in, in the Big Ten. They're, oh, they're yeah. just monsters hey, this if, year. If Iowa runs the table, 
God, six, they, they have six losses already. I don't know if you can have a six-loss one seed. But you can make an argument if Iowa beats Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, runs a Big Ten tournament. And maybe they have to beat Aaron Art, Michigan twice. I, I don't know. You know, and we're expecting a lot there, looking at looking at who they have coming up there. You, you, list, you just listed the mainstays of the Big Ten right yeah. there. That's yeah. asking Iowa a lot. Not saying they can't do it. They, well, they haven't. They, they haven't beat. Bars high. They haven't beat a big boy yet. They haven't beat a big boy yet in the Big Ten. They haven't. They haven't played game. Michigan, and they haven't beat uh, Illinois. They haven't beat Ohio State. Yeah. So this is a big week. The That's other true. thing in Joe Lenardi's bracketology, Drake is a six seed. I'm sorry, Drake is an eleven seed playing a six seed in Virginia Tech in their latest version of the bracket, and. You know, I I know we spent a lot a lot of time on on Iowa. Yeah, we do, but, but that's okay. But Drake is worthy of a long conversation too, because Drake, who was seventeen and zero, lost game eighteen, won game nineteen, but and lost their leading scorer. Yes. Like, I mean, what an up and down week and a half for the Drake Bulldogs. But Drake right now is one of those teams that cannot lose before the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. And I love that they call it Arch Badness down in St. Louis. I, I think it's a cool nickname. Yeah. But I, I just think that, uh, that that the Loyola game impressed me, even though it was choppy. You had, you had sent me a text saying it was kind of sloppy. But when you when you lose your leading scorer like that and, you, and you're just coming off of getting basically waxed by that same team, mm-hmm. you answer – with tight defense, some sloppy play, obviously. But what an, ug- what an ugly, ugly basketball game to oh, watch. Sure that was. game sucked. If you're in it for like the purest basketball form, that second game against Loyola was terrible. A win's a win, Mike. I <laughs> you keep that's that's gonna be the name of your podcast. A win is a win with JD Justice. I'm a Viking fan. You know, come on. You seriously. take your small victories when you can get them. You got that right. Listen, I'm a big fan of the Bulldogs right now. I, I really would love to see them. Do you feel they've got to win out to get yes. the best placement? They they gotta win they out. They have to win out to until the Missouri Valley Conference tournament. I think if they can get through the next four, it's two with Evansville and two with Bradley. Right. That that'll get them to twenty-four wins. They'll be twenty-four and two going into the conference tournament. They needed that win against Loyola. Had they lost that game against Loyola, well, that'd have been a bad loot. That'd have been a bad loss. They wouldn't need because they wouldn't have zero other resume building wins in the regular season in front of them. They beat Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa's trash. They, they're proud. Hopefully, they sweep Evansville and Bradley. Both teams are trash, um, and and if they, you know, adding those four wins without beating Loyola does nothing for your resume. So they needed to get a win over a top twenty-five team, a good Loyola team, because I think without their leading scorer, they lost Shanquan Hemphill until maybe tournament time, maybe the first week of the Big Dance. Yeah. You got to hope for Drake's sake they play Friday and not Thursday because <laughs> they get an extra day for, for Tank. Right. But Drake, if they can, because I don't think they can win the conference tournament without Hemphill. They struggle to score at times. I mean, without that dude who averages 19 a game, that offense looks pretty stagnant. They might have a guy here or there that can step up. But they don't have a guy who can carry the team and get you 20 if you need 20 like Hemphill. That was like the best team effort I've seen 
in, in, in quite a while from a team. And they mustered 51 points. I know. They right? scored 51 points in the best team effort that you've ever seen or that you yeah. saw this year out of Drake. I know. I know. But think of the defensive <laughs> performance. The defensive performance, Wicked. Come on. <laughs> that, that, you know, they're, they've got what Iowa kind of lacks up until the past few games. Now, Iowa proved themselves defensively, but Drake does have that defense, which – you know, you kind of see lacking these days, and, and I think that's what's going to carry them to get their start to get Hemp Hill back. I, I, I think that's what's got to carry them. What I like about Drake before the injury, and I, and I mean this, and that's why people were getting a little, you know, their record was so good and whatnot, and people are getting high on Drake. Unlike a lot of teams in college basketball, that if they don't hit threes, they don't win. Now Drake still enjoys shooting threes. I think they were four for 30 a couple of games ago in a game they won. I think it was one of their first games back after they were off for COVID. Right. Uh, but Drake beats you multiple ways. They go to the rack. They've got the big man, the freshman, uh, whose name escapes me right now. They've got a big man down low. Drake is a team that can, if they're not hitting from outside, they can get up and down the floor. They got guys who can hit mid-range jumpers. Hemphill can get you 20 when he's healthy. Uh, Yesifu just had a big night the other night. Like, Drake is not one of those teams that can't do anything besides shoot the three. And that, to me, is what might keep them alive a little longer in the NCAA tournament. I don't look at that team, even with Hemphill, and say, that's the darling of the tournament. That's a Final Four run. That's George Mason. That's Butler. I don't see that. No, but I see a team that could pull an upset. You know, their their bracketology projected to be an 11 seed against uh, Virginia Tech, a six seed. I can see that upset. Buzz Williams always coaches. Is, he, is Buzz still at Vatech? I don't even know if Buzz is still at Vatech. Buzz might be elsewhere. Check that. Uh, but that's a matchup they can win. I haven't watched Virginia Tech play at all this year. Obviously, I don't remember who their head coach is. But I do think that Drake can win a game in the NCAA tournament if they get their guy back. If they don't get their guy back and they still get a, an at-large bid, you know, don't make plans for the weekend, Coach DeVries. It's We've said this thing. before. I said it before. I know you've said it before. The matchups is what's going to tell whether you're going to be able to upset some teams or not. Sure. And I like Drake's chances of advancing a couple of games in the tournament, if not further, because I like their matchups ability. Their team as a whole – matches up well against other teams. Now, it all depends on who they're playing, of course, like I said, but that to me is like the most important part. So, yeah, if they can get their leading scorer back, I think Drake's got a really good shot at uh, doing something decent in the NCAA tournament. I'm all about it. I'm all about a, a an Iowa team being a Cinderella team. I really am. But then are they really a Cinderella team or are they just that good? Um. If they're an at-large bid out of the Missouri Valley Conference, you're, and they get on a two, and they go to the Sweet Sixteen, that's a, that's a Cinderella team. I mean Loyola. Remember with uh, what was the the nun's name? Remember they had her courtside sister Jean, sister Jean, and Loyola went to the Final Four a couple of years ago. That's a Cinderella run. Anybody out of the Missouri Valley Conference especially if you get an at-large bid. But anybody right. out of the Missouri Valley Conference that can get to the Sweet 16 or beyond, that's Cinderella. 
That, there that you go, Coach thing. Dennis. You need to find that nun, that magic nun for <laughs> she, you. She can't travel. She's like 900 years old and COVID. Like that woman cannot travel. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. All right. With that being said, I read your blog. I know a lot of you have read Mike's blog. Please do. ESPNDesMoines.com. Click on Wicket's World. I'm, I'm a blogger now. Yes. And does a great job at Thank it, you. too. Um, I'm at the meat counter today at the grocery store. (laughs) There's a guy. He's decked out in his Cyclones garb. All right. All right. And I'm thinking, oh, this is a, I'm going to prime the pump here. I'm going to talk to a big Cyclone fan and see what they think about the situation for them. Okay. You know what he says to me? He stops. He looks at me and he goes, you know, Steve Prohm is a really nice guy. Of course he did. (laughs) Of course he did. And I read your blog and I laughed so hard because I said, there uh, it is. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me just, I just want to read you a line from the blog I put up three, uh, two days ago. I did a, a hot take on Iowa or a take on Iowa, a take on Drake and a take on Iowa State. And here's how I started it. Everyone starts the conversation the same way. Steve Prohm is a nice guy, but, and your dude at the meat counter did that? He did that. He did it. Because Steve Prohm is a nice guy, right? Prohm's a nice dude. He's a a nice guy. He's a great Ah. guy. He's also 18 and 48 in the last four years in the Big 12. And that's how many years before COVID? Three years before COVID? Yeah, that was 2017. Yeah. So if you think about this for a minute, because I asked him too, I said, do you want to give him another chance because of what's been going on nationally or worldwide with COVID and all of that? And he did shake his head. And then he goes, well... He goes, golly's a nice guy, but I think we need to move on. <laughs> he's, he's had one winning season in the last four years. And that was with uh, uh, Hoiberg's guys. Sort of, so, sort of, yes. Sort of, yes, and sort of the year after uh, Hoiberg left, they went to the Sweet 16. He won 20 games a couple of years ago. They went down to Kansas City, and they won the, you know, they took Hilton South. And they went down to Kansas City and they won the, the Big 12 tournament. Right. But that was his only winning season in the last four. I'm sure he's a nice dude, but this year they are 0-12 in the Big 12. Okay, They are 2-15 and on the year. And someone's going to say, oh, well, guys left, Halliburton left, uh, COVID. Everybody in college basketball deal is dealing with COVID-19 this year. Yes, some they are. are. Some are more affected than others. Some have, I mean, you got Michigan, the number three team in the country, Michigan came back after a three-week hiatus, had a terrible first half against Wisconsin, and then came roaring back and won in Madison. Right. That's a team that didn't let COVID destroy their year, right? Right. That's how you have to do it. Um, Iowa State whether COVID affected them or not, and they were off for a time. It was in January or February. They were off for a time. But that had nothing to do with the fact that this team is not that good. This team no. has no effort. They're getting blown out by Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. They got Oklahoma coming to Ames this week, and then next week it's Baylor. Like, number two in the country, Baylor is coming. <laughs> Again, I'm sure he's a nice guy, J.D., well, I'm sure he's a real nice guy. You and I are nice guys. 
But we both have lost jobs, be- even though we were nice guys, because either A, we weren't producing, or B, there was cutbacks, right? I'm also, I'm also not you a know. very good basketball coach, but doesn't mean... That's right. I, mean, uh... I think you'd be a great water boy, Wick. Really uh, I've been told that before. I have been. I've been told that before. So it, this gentleman also said that he felt that... Um, he said, with that being said, he goes, if you were a Big Ten program and the past four years you had that record, would you be at that job? A Big 12 I pro, said, a Big absolutely 12 not. You'd have been gone after three years or two years. It just it, the, the writing is kind of on the wall. And the problem is, too, for, for Prome, he's always going to be living in Fred Hoiberg's shadow. Yeah. Because of the success that Hoiberg had, I'll pull up his record real quick. Uh, the success that Fred Hoiberg had when he was at Iowa State. I mean, arguably, think of a greater cyclone ever. I mean, who knows what Matt Campbell's going to do? Right. But he's raised the bar at for the football program. But what is who? Name a more important, successful beloved cyclone ever than Fred Hoiberg. How'd you, like to take over? How'd you like to take over for a guy who was 115 and 56? Right. You know what I mean? Now, well, thank you. Now, there were times Hoiberg's team should have done more than they actually did. I also have burned a bracket on the first day of the tournament because of Iowa State, because of <laughs> Hoiberg's teams getting knocked out on day one. But that's another story. I wasn't at that game. Like, I was at the Northwestern State upset. Um the, the 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 game the, the problem for Prom is he's taken over for for Hoiberg and the bar is here, right? And it's not like he's been mediocre. I mean, his record is mediocre; is about six games over five hundred. But they're not getting better. As a matter of fact, three of the last four years have been losing seasons. I would argue that they're getting worse. It spiraled. It spiraled downhill, and and for a program that was built as high as it was. That's sad and that's unacceptable. I'm sorry. And I don't know who um, you get. To, I don't know who you get to to, to replace him. Okay, um, I, I got a name for you. All right, is, is it Fred Hoiberg? It's well, that too. <laughs> yes, Can we get Fred back because he's not doing very well in Nebraska, right? All Can right. anybody do well at Nebraska? I mean, that's a t- uh, that's that's the Rutgers a- of the West. All right, that's a really <laughs> tough place to win hoops wise. I give you that. So here's here's a name, a gentleman. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give him creds. His name is Kirk. Kirk works with me during the day. And he said to me, he goes, how about this guy, Jeff Hornacek? What's what's Hornacek doing? He is coaching somewhere down south right now. Okay. But I bet you anything he'd come back to be a cyclone. Sure. Absolutely. If he's got, I mean, I don't know what his um, let me see if I can find Jeff Hornacek's coaching record right now, because I have no idea where he is. Yeah. I didn't look that up. I should have done that. Uh, I was that trying to do my homework ahead of time. But that would have been turn. show prep. And we listen. Yeah. <laughs> we prep to a point. <laughs> Jeff Hornacek. Let's see here. Where is Jeff Hornacek? He's an assistant for the Rockets. Okay. So uh, he was, he's just been an NBA assistant, a career NBA assistant. He was with the jazz, obviously, the Suns, the Knicks, the Rockets now. So, so is he just an NBA guy and maybe not a good college coach? Well, I mean, say that about Jawan Howard. Jawan Howard was nothing but a Heat's assistant and has the number three team in the nation right now and has the number one recruiting class in the country. Now Jawan Howard and Jeff Hornacek are like completely opposite people, 
But still, in terms of resume, um, would he come back? Does he want to recruit? He's only like 56. He's not like he's all that old either. What? And, and here's the thing. What kid doesn't want to play for a former NBA All-Star who knows what the NBA currently is looking for out of a player and can get out of you what you need to do to get to the next level? The second half of what you said interests me more than Jeff Hornacek, the All-Star. Walk up and down, walk down Ingersoll tonight and find a kid with a basketball, all right? Walk up and down somewhere around your apartment and, and ask a kid, hey, do you know who Jeff Hornacek is? 15-year-old kids have no idea who Jeff Hornacek is, what he did for a living, and how he excelled at it in the 1980s. J.D., we are old, all right? These kids don't care about Jeff Hornacek. They didn't know who Fred Hoiberg was. Yeah, but Iowa kid, do you think Iowa kids know who Jeff Hornacek is the way they knew about Fred Hoiberg? No, no. Speaking uh, the Hoiberg distance, was the mayor. And Hoiberg was young. Yes, you know he was. when Hoiberg started, he was in his thirties. I have to, I have to believe, or early forties. Hornacek's fifty-six. <laughs> All right, they right. Know, ain't no way anybody knows who Jeff Hornacek is. But what you said, the other part is he's got all of the cred of being an assistant coach with the Rockets and all the other teams that I listed off. So Absolutely. that is reason to say yes. That's a reason to say. And, and right now, they need somebody to resurrect the program because it is spiraling way too low. It feels, now, I know, it feels like it's getting very, very bad, and they're a long way from competing. If I hear that Steve Prohm is a great recruiter one more time, I'm going to explode. If you're a great recruiter, how come these kids aren't staying on your team and winning for you because they're obviously not too interested in playing for you. Unless unless you recruit really, really, really good kids and the NBA wants them and they get – I mean, Tyrese Halliburton is your prime example. Right. A lot, of, a lot of people said he was too skinny to play in the Big 12. A lot of people said he was too skinny to go pro, that he shouldn't have done it. And he is a contender for rookie of the year right now. You know who's not watching him? Most people because he's in Sacramento. Right. But Halliburton's having a great year, averaging like 11-6-6 six, six for a terrible Kings team. So, I mean, but again, everybody has guys that leave, especially yeah. guys that leave that you're like, that guy's leaving. I don't think that guy should leave. But everybody has guys who leave. So I don't take that as an excuse. Your results are what your results are. And he's been horrible for most of the last four years. Yeah. So I think it's pretty much a team consensus here on uh, Wicket's World that uh, we think Steve, <laughs> even though he's a nice guy. Nice guy. And I Real will nice back guy. that up. I think he's fabulous. He's a great guy. And I wish nothing but the best success for him. I wish it was here in Iowa State, but I think it, that it's probably you know not going to happen. No, I I, it, I do not see. No, <laughs> it's 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 not. Uh, are we good with hoops? Is that is that? Yeah, I think we're good with hoops. I think we we covered everything. I'm I'm really into the uh, NFL right now with free agency right there on us. The NFL draft around the corner. Uh, I got to ask you something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, we all, I, we all saw the big trade. We all saw the big trade of Wentz going to Indianapolis. The okay. only team seemingly interested was bidding against itself to bring in Carson Wentz. I just read the report the Bears were not, didn't even make an offer. Made no offer to bring in Carson Wentz. Go ahead. I can't believe they want Trubisky over Carson Wentz. But. I don't, we'll talk about Trubisky in a second. All Go right, ahead. All right. Uh, but I want to get you on – I'm going to get you on your point, okay, 
Um, Wentz goes to Indy. We all know what Indy gave up for him. I think they got the better end of the deal because I think Wentz is going to have a better offensive line. He's going to be maybe on the field a lot more than he was with Philadelphia. Um, I think he's he's soured right now. I saw this guy play in the uh, championship, FCS championship, against Illinois State where I used to work. I went down there, and this kid threw all over the Redbirds. And it was just, it, he's just a, an amazing talent. I think he's got a good offensive line. He's got all those weapons. I think he's got the better end of this deal more well, than anybody. It made more sense for him to go to Indianapolis than any other team because he gets to hook back up with Frank Reich, who was his offensive coordinator when he was a, a near MVP before yeah. he blew out his knee. And then Nick Foles came over and or Nick Foles took over and won a Super Bowl. So right. it make it makes a ton of sense. The Eagles are a mess. I, the Eagles are an absolute disaster. I mean, they were banking on Carson. Think about this. Go back a year. They're banking on Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey. They draft some kid named Rager nobody ever heard of. And a couple of the dude the Lions cut stepped up and had just a monster year. But the the, the Eagles are an absolute mess. There's You have to sometimes rip that Band-Aid off or, or clear out the crap and cr- clear out the clutter before you see what a you know what a product is that, that you actually have. And and Carson Wentz somehow has been broken, but needs to be repaired. Yeah. And you have to put. And Doug Peterson wasn't going to do it, and we know that split didn't wind didn't work. No, not at all. But he goes to Indy to hook back up with Frank Reich. You mentioned the offensive line; it's a good offensive line they have down there, and they've got young weapons. They don't have experienced weapons. I think Pittman is a star in the making, but what they have that for whatever reason Doug Peterson never relied on, even though he had a tremendous running back in Miles Sanders, Indy's got a great running game, a dominant running game. Jonathan Taylor is going to be, if you're a fantasy nerd like I am, Jonathan Taylor is a top 10, top 5 pick next year in fantasy drafts because he, along with the other two, maybe because they had Phil Rivers, but that running attack was so good, so depended on, and I think Carson Wentz going there with a coach who will actually give the ball to the running backs. You know, if I if I'm Jonathan Taylor and the other dudes that are there, it's like get feed all three, keep all three fresh, and then let Carson Wentz throw the football. He can't be this bad, can he? He can't no, be as not. he can't he's be not. that bad. He's not as he showed the last year and a half, two years in uh, in, in Philadelphia. He felt that there was no confidence in him from the leadership. And you and I both know if leadership ain't into you, you're not into yourself. And then yeah. you're feeling down on yourself. You're trying to force things and trying to make something of nothing. And that's exactly what he had in Philadelphia. Um, and, and I think I, I, I applaud the Colts for going after this guy. I am happy to see Carson get another chance because I think he's a great guy. Um, there we go to that Steve refer- uh, Steve Prome reference again. He's a hey, really nice, nice guy. Really nice guy. Yeah, but, but I bo- do, do you think Wentz I – th- I, the over-under I saw was 4,000 yards, uh, 25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions – 11 and a half interceptions. 4,000 yeah. yards, over-under. Over. I'm going to go under, but not because he can't. It's because of the offense. Uh, 25 touchdowns, over or under. Under. And I, I I just remembered you saying, too, they've got a good running game. So Great if they're splitting game. that running game, 
you know, then then that's going to make your numbers go down. But does I mean, it matter? No. Philly has a great set of running backs. Doug Peterson quit using them. I mean, I, Miles Sanders, when he was healthy, was one of the best running backs in football. And they got Boston Scott, a change of pace guy, little scat back coming out. Like they have, and Corey Clements there too. They have a good set of running backs. The difference is Frank Reich will use those sets or that set of running backs. I think that benefits Carson Wentz. I'm going to take the under 4,000. I'm going to take the under 25 touchdowns, barely, but I'm going to take over 11 interceptions. I still have to see Carson. I mean, what's that's what three games of a couple of picks, and all of a sudden he's at six, he's at seven, you know, with seven games to go. Wentz is still, I have to see and believe that Wentz is the MVP from 2017 as opposed to the craptastic version of Carson Wentz we saw this year. Uh, Nick Otis chiming in on on the chat line, and uh, he says, if Wentz plays more than 70% of the snaps, then the Eagles get a first. First and a second pick for Wentz is a win for the Eagles. Sure it is. And then Nick says, over in INTs. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I I just... (laughs) I'm not, I'm not a big Philly fan. I never have been. I think. Are you a Carson are, Wentz apologist? Are you a small school apologist? Is that what this is? Uh, I, yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the guy. He was a cool guy. And one of my good friends' brother was his head coach at North Dakota State. Oh, how about that? So there there's go. a connection there, and they were upset for him. So okay. when you talk to them, those guys were like, he is an all, he's, he's an all pro. But he's not getting a chance. Well, we'll find out. He's got to yeah. prove it now. Yeah. So I guess. And, and 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 by the way, all of a sudden, once the Jaguars draft Trevor Lawrence yeah. between Tennessee and Jacksonville and uh, now Indianapolis and Houston, and who knows what's going to happen with Houston? But those other three, that NFC South or AFC South, excuse me. The AFC South just got a little more interesting over the next three to five years because yeah. I think Trevor Lawrence is an absolute stud. Uh, if Wentz turns it around, Indy's built to win right now. Yes, uh, you know I, I you, we already know what Tennessee is. Give the ball to Derrick Henry and get the heck out of the way. If they can improve on defense and they can re-sign uh, a wide receiver, Tennessee's going to be a player again contending in the AFC. Houston stupid franchise just a dumb Dumb. franchise i've never come across anything more dumb than them right now i look at the things they've done in the past year they've done nothing but alienate jj watt what a hall of famer you've alienated your franchise player um and you're alienating your up-and-coming player in deshaun watson you have a top five quarterback and you don't want him you you have a top five you listen it's mahomes it's rogers it's Deshaun Watson. Yeah. It's, that's the top three quarterbacks in the National Football League. Josh Allen's in that conversation. I know Bill's Mafia is going to come after me if I don't say something about Josh Allen. But it's Mahomes, Rodgers, Deshaun Watson. And I would make the argument, and you know what a big Green Bay Packers fan I am. Yeah. As a matter of fact, let me just pull this. My studio is built. Do we, have to, we have to see this. Well, Do we I'm, really have to see my, this? My Charles Woodson jersey right here. Oh, my studio is built into my closet. So... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would argue, and maybe this is a topic for another day, but I would argue that if if I were the Green Bay Packers and Houston said Rodgers for Watson straight up or Rodgers and Jordan Love (laughs) for Deshaun Watson straight up, 
I make that deal in a heartbeat because I get a top five quarterback for the next 10 years. I love Aaron Rodgers. It's probably the next jersey that I buy. And I don't buy a lot of jerseys. Well, you got to get you got to get into it when it's on its, uh, you know, price decline. Yeah, right. He's getting it's, close to where he's almost done. So it's kind of like the buying the way, farm man. jersey. I've got a I've got a Viking farm jersey. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. I got that for free. You got ripped okay, off. Okay, so my question. Okay, but, my but question it, to you, Mike Wicket. Yeah. Who in this NFL free agency carousel of quarterbacks is next to go? Deshaun Watson. Okay, I've, I've got a couple. You can list. You can list Watson as a free agent. I understand. I know okay. what you mean. The next. The next. Uh, ac- the ac- the acquired quarterbacks. Right. Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is not a free agent. Doesn't matter. They could still trade him. You're done. No, see, this is worse than your far of Jersey comment. That's, all right, that's all right. just not all happening. All right. Well, I didn't think so either, but you got to throw it out there because it's being talked about. Nope. Uh, I'm right. squashing that talk right now. All right. All right. That is a rule on the program. We do not nope. want to see. No, we don't no want to see a soiled Mike. <laughs> un, un, unless it's my deal of Rogers and love for Deshaun Watson, that deal's off the table. Rogers, right. the MVP stays in title town. All right. There is a ton of talk to the north of us. Kirk Cousins. They can't, they have to trade him. Yeah. Who wants who wants to pay $84 million to Kirk Cousins fully guaranteed? Nobody wants to do that. No. I mean, that is the – his numbers bear out that he's not terrible. He's actually – okay. He's all right. He's all Here, right. Here's the example. Here's the example, all right? Yeah. Your level of NFL quarterback, there's three levels, in my opinion. You've got a Jordan Love right now or a uh, Christian Ponder, okay? All right. The unproven garbage. Yeah. The guy can hand the ball off. He can make the short pass. Christian but Ponder. you can't depend on him. I did not okay? think we'd hear Christian Ponder's name today. There you go. Or you've got the... Kirk Cousins. That's the middle tier. Cousins pretty is a darn, mid-tier quarterback. Pretty darn good NFL quarterback. All right? Not going to win you a ton tier, of games, but not going to lose you a ton of games. Right. The next tier is the Hall of Famer. Yeah. That's, that's Aaron Rodgers. That's Rodgers, Mahomes. That's the elite of the elite. Right. So, I might, I might add you. I, I'm going to add this. If you are a Houston and you say, I'll tell you what. We'll take your Kirk Cousins. He's a proven player. They don't have any money to pay Cousins. Oh, they have. They don't have the money to pay Watson either. Uh, probably not. I would do that straight up in a heartbeat too, but, for Minnesota. But I'm a Kirk Cousins. I, I like him. Listen, I, listen I think if, he can't. He can't go wrong. He played very well last year. Kirk Cousins before the trade of Stafford to the, to the L.A. Rams. Kirk Cousins was the third best quarterback in the NFC North. Yeah, he, he's currently the second best quarterback in the NFC North. I put him ahead of Goff and obviously Trubisky and Foles and whatever comes out of whatever seeps out of Chicago, uh, whatever the Bears decide to do. If you're Houston and you are trading, let me I'm gonna I'm gonna squash your deal. Because if you're Houston and you're dumb enough to trade a top three quarterback in the NFL, you are going full rebuild. You are going to draft Justin Fields or you're going to draft the kid from BYU, or you're going to take a chance 
on the kid from North Dakota being the next great small school quarterback. If you're going to trade away Deshaun Watson, you're going full-on rebuild because they're losing J.J. Watt, as you mentioned. Who knows what Will Fuller's status is going to be. David Johnson is a worthless old man running back. Like if you're if you're Houston, you're in full rebuild mode. You should be in probably be in full rebuild mode anyway. But if you get rid of Deshaun Watson, you're getting picks back. You're you're going young. You're not ready to win right now. Not that Cousins is a guy that is ready to win right now, but he's not a five year plan. He's not a ten year plan. You know what I mean? No, no. So uh, I don't know. I, I think have- Minnesota should keep. Keep on keeping on and hang in there with them. I think if they rebuild their defense, they got nothing to worry about. But the rumor today was that Denver Broncos wants Kirk Cousins. Do you want? Are they are they going to give up Drew Locke for him, or is it is it picks or or any? Is it just? I don't know. That's listen. I like Kirk Cousins in the NFC North because I get to laugh at Kirk Cousins when he plays the Packers twice a year. Like that's you like seeing his end zone dances. That's what you like. I I just love going. I love when the Packers play the Vikings. It's one of my favorite weeks in the entire year. I love Viking week for Green Bay. (laughs) I I, I love it too. I mean, really, I do. Uh, So that was my question. Who's next? Uh, Sam Darnold will be next. I think Sam Darnold is done in New York. I think they're going to go with one of those other quarterbacks that I mentioned. Unless they can get to Sean Watson. You know, they got a new head coach up there. I I was listening to a national show on 1350, and they were talking about how Darnold has no hasn't had any weapons. That's not true. Darnold hasn't been able to stay healthy, and his offensive line is absolutely trash. Plus, he had Adam Gase as a head coach. Adam Gase had at Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill was ass when he was in Miami. He gets traded to Tennessee. He's a pro bowler. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the AFC. Adam Gase ruins, absolutely ruins talent. And I, I think Darnold can still play in this league. I think he's a good quarterback that can still play in this league if he has the right coach. Uh, Jamison Crowder catches 10 balls a game from Darnold. They drafted the kid Mims from Baylor. That's not a bad combination that they have right now. So I'm, I'm not done on Darnold, but I think the Jets may be. So I think he's probably the next to go. They may go young. They may bring in Deshaun Watson. That that one's still up in the air. All right. So yeah. Sam Darnold is your pick that goes next in this carousel. Yeah, I think so. And there's, st- I mean, all of this is ridiculous. And I know we're, we're kind of running out of time here, but all of this is ridiculous in the offseason. And maybe we talk about this next Friday when we're back in studio. The NFL is becoming, and maybe you like this, maybe you don't. The NFL is becoming like the NBA. Because when you are on, you know, when, when you're drafted by a team, you play out your contract, and then you figure it out. The NFL now, looking at Deshaun Watson, players have so much more power than they used to have. I'm not happy. I don't like the direction of the team. I don't like the coach. I don't like the GM. Trade me. Then they get to Twitter. Then it becomes public. I mean, that happens with LeBron. That happens with play James Harden. Currently, that's happening with Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin in the NBA. I, and they're they're being benched until they can figure out their their next move. The NFL's trending that way. You're seeing all kinds of guys talk about how they're upset and they want to think about their future, whether it was Aaron Rodgers' comments right after the loss or Russell Wilson a week ago or whomever. It, it's 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 definitely a trend we're seeing in the NFL. So we had a question on the chat. Yeah, uh, Nick wants to know 
does Russell Wilson get traded or do they settle that problem? Settle it. You yeah. settle that problem. You, yeah, he's you, not going you, anywhere. You settle that problem. You find off You find offensive line help for Seattle. Second half of the season last year, Seattle's defense wasn't historically bad. Um, they've got maybe the best receiver in football in DK Metcalf. They've got Lockett on the other side. When Chris Carson's healthy, he's a top 10 back. I mean, they've got weapons for Russell Wilson. Their offensive line is trash. And and this is not only on the offensive line. Russ gets hit a lot. But Russ holds on to the ball. Russ buys time like like Aaron Rodgers, like Ben Roethlisberger, extend play. If Russ quick threw the ball, Russ wouldn't get hit so bad. If Russ didn't take off and use his legs, Russ wouldn't get hit so bad. bad. But he also wouldn't be Russell Wilson. Right. That's what makes Russell Wilson so special and why I hate him is because right. he's so good. <laughs> you hate playing against him. I he finds him. a way. He's got that clutch performance. It's voodoo magic. Yeah, it's Russell it really Wilson voodoo magic. And I know one more quarterback to talk about here. He said he was going to take less money. If you're the Steelers, what do you do with Ben Roethlisberger? Like, what can you possibly do with that guy coming off that year and a diminishing skill set. His last game, we threw all those interceptions, but he still threw for 499 yards. I don't know what Pittsburgh is going to do at the QB at the QB spot because his paycheck is in the 40s. He said he's going to take a pay cut to keep playing with Pittsburgh. How much of a paycheck? Or how much of a pay cut will you take if you're Ben Roethlisberger to give your your team a chance? Because the Packers have about $3.5 million in, in cap, and they're going after J.J. Watt. Everybody's talking about the Steelers wanting J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt's not the missing piece in Pittsburgh. J.J. Watt is the missing piece in Green Bay if he stays healthy. The problem for Pittsburgh isn't on defense. The problem from Pittsburgh, for Pittsburgh is their quarterback and their offensive scheme where they, for whatever reason, don't like to run the ball, uh, which has to make Steelers fans upset. But it'll be interesting to see what they do at their quarterback spot, how much of a restructuring, a pay cut Roethlisberger takes. Mason Rudolph's not the answer. But what is the answer in Pittsburgh? Drafting a new quarterback and let him sit under let him sit under Ben for another year, maybe two, if Ben's got Can that. Can you afford that though? Can you afford I mean, do you does Pittsburgh and, and they have to add I mean, Pittsburgh was eleven and zero last year and then crapped the bed the rest of the way and got upset by Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Yeah. Can you can you afford to go to war with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry in Tennessee and all these other teams? And don't forget about the Chargers with Herbert. That dude's, <laughs> yeah. that dude's coming too. He's good. He's good. Is Pittsburgh equipped to handle that battle in the AFC with all of those guys, if their quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger, I I don't know, man. I don't know. It would be crazy to see like a Deshaun Watson wind up there. Think about that. Oh, that think, think I don't want him that. going to Pittsburgh. I'm tired of Pittsburgh. Keep him in the AFC. Keep uh, him in true, the yeah, AFC. Keep him out of the NFC. I don't want Unless to he's playing for the Vikings. <laughs> or, or maybe Deshaun Watson to the Saints. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, that, that, makes, that makes a ton of sense. It, it does. It makes Here a ton of sense. Throwing it out. Um, <laughs> hey, thanks to everybody for watching. Uh, we had a really good time. JD, this was, look, success number one. We got it on the air. 
We stayed on the air. Uh, and if you missed any of it, you want to listen again, ESPNDesMoines.com. I'll have the podcast up coming up in just a bit. I think my in-laws just showed up at my house, so I think I have to go say hello. You better do that. And don't forget, um, oh, wait, that's Dad. Dad needs his ice cream. Yeah, Dad's, well, Dad's in Michigan. I'm here in, in Des Moines. So I, oh, you know, okay. I, you, you can't help him. Maybe I can Instacart him some ice cream for some Ben and Jerry's uh, or something. But I, I will say that your your wife did chime in there in our conversation, and she said that he did get his gift and that he opened it. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Got so it. So there a, you go. It's a blanket, a huge fluffy blanket with the grandkids, on, all three grandkids oh, on cool. it. Oh, cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, I'm not going to get him a tie. I'm sick of getting gift no. cards for everybody. I mean, I mean, with yeah. COVID, you're I didn't buy any gifts. You're making me mushy with that. that. You're making me feel mushy all over with that. That's money. what we do. Yeah. Uh, we will be back next week. We'll be in studio on 1350 ESPN in Des Moines. We will be live on Facebook. Every show is going to be live on Facebook. It'll look a lot better than this. I hope. I, I don't think the building is going to lose internet the way I lost internet one minute before broadcast. But that being said, if you do want to check this one out, my blog is up. JD's going to start blogging too once he learns how at ESPNDesMoines.com. So, hey, JD, have yourself a great weekend, man. You too. Say hi to the family. Will do. Thanks to everybody for listening, for watching. For JD, I'm Mike Wickett. This has been Wickett's World on 1350 ESPN.